together, okay, together means me and y'all, me and you, right? Let's see if we can decode what Prince was trying to tell us, and maybe we can take his warning to heart, or not. Or maybe, like, it's good to go against Prince, or I don't know, that's what I'm saying, let's just see. Okay, here we go, are you guys ready to analyze and interpret Prince's Matrix speech? Oh my God, here we go. Don't, don't be fooled by the internet. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool to get on the computer, but don't let the computer get on you. It's cool. It's cool to use the computer. Don't let the computer use you. You all saw the matrix. There is a war going on, the battlefields in the mind, and the prize is the soul. So, let's be careful. Okay, let's just jump right in, analyze and interpret. What do you guys think Prince was saying? Any thoughts or ideas? I would really love to hear them. Here's what I believe. I believe Prince is warning us about something he believes, and he believes it to be bad. And he feels the answer and the warning is in the movie The Matrix, right? It seems like y'all saw the movie The Matrix, so he's saying the warning that he's saying is in the movie The Matrix, right? I guess. He believes our souls, our humanity are at stake if we do something with the computer, Okay, what is it with the computer? I don't know. 1999? I didn't even give a fuck about computer. I might have been, like, downloading porn. Maybe. But uh, computer? No way. Okay, so I don't really know what he was talking about in 1999. Uh, as you regular listeners know, I've been listening to all kinds of conspiracy theories about our reality since the 1980s. Okay, my grandma was into, like, she had pictures of UFOs and like literal pictures and I still have them. Um, I'll show them sometime actually. That'd be kind of neat. Um, but my grandma, she never drank tap water, never, um, bottled water only. And PS fun fact, um, I haven't drank tap water drum roll, please. Since I was 22 years old. Okay. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I suffered as a gay outperted person in the nineties. So there you go. Um, but yeah, so it's been 20 something years since I've had tap water. Um, anyways, uh, I've been listening to conspiracy theories since I was, uh, since the eighties. And, uh, what it did for me is it just kind of helped me open my mind and think about different possibilities of our reality. And, um, even though they're very uncomfortable, even though, um, I really think that's made the most difference in my life, too, is my ability and willingness to feel uncomfortable. <sighs> and, like, I can't even tell you. Guys. And, like, I could, like, like, I'm a mess most of the time. But I love doing extreme things. And thank God, because um, I've seen the world several times doing different um, jobs, even. So, like, different careers. Um, so I'm just saying... Um, my ability to allow in uncomfortable thoughts and ideas has made the difference in my whole life. So um, I'm just trying, sorry, this isn't written. I'm just saying like, um, so it's allowed me to look at different theories and concepts of our reality, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. 
also, um, since I was four, challenged people in authority, and I just believed things on my own. Since I was, for my fourth uh, birthday, I asked my mom for an alarm clock. I wanted to just get myself up and do my own thing. I'm just saying, there's a lot of power thinking for yourself and uh, getting into action. Okay? Also, you regular listeners know, all I pretty much do in life is I do my schoolwork, read books on film analysis and occult symbolism, analyze film, and compare it with the news, pop culture, and so on. And it is a beautiful web that is absolutely 100% connected. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing and a beautiful game that's 20 years and a billions of dollars ahead of anything you could ever imagine. And it's a beautiful performance art piece, I would even call our reality. Uh, so let's try and figure out where, as a species, we have come from and where the elites with their master plan are taking us. That's really, I mean, I got time. Uh, here we go. I believe Prince is warning us about something called transhumanism. It has been what the conspiracy theorists have been claiming since the 1980s. And it sounded so far-fetched in the 80s. And, um, but now it's totally believable. And, I mean, I don't know. We'll just see. Basically, all that they have been saying from the 80s is turning out to be true. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. And that is, yeah. The movie Matrix is about this and many other things. There are... In the Matrix, there's allegories, but there's also literal things, and it's a beautiful film. Uh, the movie Matrix is about this, transhumanism, among other things, and the warning. Uh, let's just have the Matrix tell it to us for ourselves, okay? Here we go. Right, you guys? Here we go. The first clip of the Matrix is Morpheus telling Neo what the Matrix is, okay? Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix? Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. <sighs> Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Boy, I've never heard uh, a quote so true. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. And man, like I said, um, I've been like uh, listening to conspiracy theories of all kinds, uh, mainstream media also. I, I love hearing all the information and then kind of, it's like a puzzle. And um, 
I never saw The Matrix until like maybe four years ago. And I mean, it took me my whole life to really see it. Um, and <laughs> just, I mean, it may sound pathetic and nerdy and shit, but I literally just sit at home and analyze film and try to figure out what the fuck is going on. Cause like, I don't know, I'm fucking bored, man. But yeah, that statement really freaked me out. You, you Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. And there's people that still won't understand what I'm talking about, even if they listen to this entire episode, because they can't. They're not ready, or they're not willing, or whatever. Um, that's why I gave the disclaimer at the beginning, because this shit is real. This show is like playing with the fucking Ouija board, man. It's just like, if you're willing to like feel uncomfortable and question your reality i guess um but all this shit could be totally not true too <laughs> like that's what's so great about it okay here's one more quick clip from the matrix chose these very specific ones and put that into it y'all you know you guys are quality and uh, i want to give you guys quality here we go this is the construct it's our loading program we can load anything from clothing to equipment, weapons, training simulations, anything we need. What is the Matrix? Control. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. No. I don't believe it. It's not possible. I didn't say it would be easy, Neo. I just said it would be the truth. Stop! Let me out! Let me out! I want out! Okay, if you saw in that video, it uh, asked if uh, predictive programming, question mark. Uh, predictive programming is, the definition is, in neuroscience, predictive coding, also known as predictive processing, is a theory of brain function in which the brain is constantly generating and updating a mental model of the environment, okay? Taking pictures and processing the environment. The model is used to generate predictions of sensory input that are compared to actual sensory input, okay? What does that mean? Okay, let's analyze and interpret watch film we uh listen to music right what music do do we listen to do we listen to the beatles do we listen to megan the stallion do we listen to what how does it influence us right i don't know how has film influenced us probably a lot right how has the bible influenced us okay not me personally but a lot of people right so predictive programming, um, conspiracy theorists say predictive programming is, you know, like uh, things predicted like 9-11, things predict uh, transhumanism, like what we're talking about, movies. Uh, it sets ideas in people's heads for a possible upcoming reality. People do it in the dating world, predictive programming. Okay, uh, here's, okay here's an example of predictive programming in the dating world. Um, okay, like you're on a date and things are going well, which like never happens, but like it's happening and 
the person says, um, oh, I've always wanted to go to the aquarium in Atlanta. And then, so that's like predictive programming of like, dang, let's go. I'll, I'll take you. Like, let's go. Let's drive. And uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like setting seeds for upcoming possible realities is the best way, is what that whole um, definition meant. Setting the seeds for a possible upcoming reality. Okay. Let's move on. Oh, my God. Okay. And another thing that clip said quickly was revelation of the method. Yes, I will tie this episode up with a very nice, everybody will feel positive and happy and like life is great. And it really is. It's so beautiful. So even if we're going to talk about things that may scare us or make us feel uncomfortable, it doesn't matter. Okay. It's going to be great. So revelation of the method is, I think we talked about it earlier in this episode and past episodes, but I'm just tying it into all one big episode, like drop the mic episode. Here we go. I mean, there will be more and stuff, but okay. Revelation of the method is how the elites uh, hide their secret plans in uh, film, music, pop culture, and we're too if we're too dumb to decode their upcoming plans then it's on us like it cleans their karma in their world right yeah so that's revelation of the method so let's just watch that clip one more time let's see so now that y'all have the definition of predictive programming and revelation of the method uh let's look at this clip one more time what is the matrix control the Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. No. I don't believe it. It's not possible. I didn't say it would be easy, Neo. I just said it would be the truth. Stop. Let me out. Let me out! I want out! Okay, let's get back to it. Here's another very quick video. These are two guys talking about transhumanism. Um, they're kind of douchey, and I hate them, but um, it's like, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, like, tell you all what transhumanism is, and here we go. People don't necessarily understand or even accept the fact that we might be able to live forever, and for me, that's the main thing about transhumanism, which is different. Some people will say transhumanism was the first time a primate picked up a rock and made an axe out of it, um, or a hammer. Uh, but, you know, I like to think of transhumanism more in terms of the radical science that we're just uh, encroaching upon in our, in our you know, lives and in civilization right now. Um, but certainly an iPhone, <laughs> I mean, if you look back even five years, how dramatic it's, it, in some smartphones, what it's done to society, it's very transhumanist. And... Um, I think the one thing, you know, I'd have a, your audience know is that the, the primary goal of transhumanism is to try to overcome um, biological death. You can uh, change your genetic structure and try to make it so you can stop aging, or you can maybe even do, you know, pretty science fiction-y things like upload yourself into a machine. There's a number of methods that transhumanists are approaching this problem of death, um, but, um, you know, they're all ways to try to essentially make it so that we don't have to die. What he's saying is the radical science we're encroaching upon in our lives means it's inevitable, right? It's happening. 
we can't stop it, is what I hear. I don't know. Normalizing, right? Uh, and the smartphone is transhumanist. It It's separating us from other people. Remember the 90s? Remember um, that movie Hot Tub Time Machine? That's how it was. Oh, um, I like you. Like, what's up? Um, and then you just go like, I don't know. I'll find you. <laughs> like, And you did. Like, you go to the mall. Like, the mall was almost like Instagram. Instead of, like, looking at Instagram stories, you get in your friend's car and you smoke cigarettes and you smoke weed and you drop acid and you go to the mall. And everybody knows at the mall. And it's the best. Except you're hanging out human to human. Whereas in, like, I've never had so much bedroom time in my life. Uh, man, I wish we could go back to the 90s. <laughs> man, it's, it was so great. No cell phone and no nothing. You just, like... It was so weird. You like intuitively knew where your friends were and you just like drive by each other's houses. Like, oh, I just did a drive by. I wonder where they're at. The mall. People, oh, I just drove by your house. I need to be here at the mall. I'm like, you know, or like uh, at the swimming hole or um, everybody used to skip school and go to the same place in the woods. You know, it's like, oh, my God, man, it's crazy. Something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always, there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one don't let it happen it depends on you okay we're not gonna you know do any like oh let's wrap up what we did last time i mean you either keep up or you don't all right so we're just gonna move on right where we left off is that cool all right let's get in that vibe living with me living with me okay i guess i'm always in that vibe because it's my show okay here we go we're going to start this part three with one more very quick video explaining uh, transhumanism, a.k.a. AI, artificial intelligence melding with human bodies. And trust me, this show, part three, this whole one, two, three, four part is basically, um, I realized that I was trying to take a nap and I failed. Um, but I was thinking that, okay, the first layer is like, you know, the top and then the second layer gets a little deeper. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is a rabbit hole. Basically, we're just going down this rabbit hole together, and it's a show, and that's what it is. Okay, so let's watch one very quick video on uh, transhumanism, a.k.a. AI. Also, one thing that I wanted to mention um, before we get in there is um, all of these things by design. Say there is some, like, you know, and I say, quote, say there is some elites planned for us, right? The beauty of it is that we're going to walk right into it. That's what um, all the warnings are about and 
the books and and this is it's not going to be something that we're even going to see coming. It's uh, we're going to walk right into it. So what is that? I don't know. Let's just keep going. Okay. Interesting, right? Okay. Here we go. Thought this video was pretty good. Let's go. Imagine if we can see through darkness just like animals. Imagine if we can walk thousands of miles without feeling tired. Imagine if we can access every electronic device without touching. Imagine if we can access all the information on the planet. Imagine you being a superhuman. Welcome to the world of transhumanism. We are hyper-connected, super-intelligent, and super-healthy. Transhumanism is nothing but transforming human abilities by using technology to enhance their intellectual, physical, and psychological capabilities. Now, let us look into some transhumanism theories. Mind Uploading In mind uploading process, we will save a digital copy of our brain and neural schema in a storage drive. We can transfer this copy to any artificial intelligence powered robot so that it will understand and replicate human emotion and also gets consciousness or self-awareness. Also we can copy our memories to others to create multiple versions of the same human. This is called technological singularity or simply singularity. Also, we can save and access everyone's memories from a central database developing collective intelligence, which means our consciousness everywhere just like what we saw in the movie Transcendence. Gene Therapy Gene therapy is nothing but replacing a damaged gene of a diseased person with a healthy gene. This is also called gene mutating. This procedure can advance in such a way in future we can live in any weather or have the immunity against deadly diseases. Cryogenics Cryogenics is a cryonics procedure where we can cryopreserve human body for hundreds of years and revive them when the world is technologically advanced. This procedure can be used to preserve humans with no cure diseases and revive them when there is cure for their disease so that they can get healed and live longer. Cybernetics or Cyborgs Cybernetics is the study of communication between human organs and machines. It helps in replacing damaged human organs with machines that can work in sync with our body. By installing a small chip in our brain, we can directly communicate to others without even uttering a word. Just like we saw in the movie Lucy, we can control electronic devices like home appliances, phone, electric car, and many more without even touching. Having said that, transhumanism is future, and it's happening. It's future and it's happening, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Uh, that movie Lucy, um, I haven't seen it yet. I really want to go down the list and watch uh, the movies on transhumanism. It's really beautiful once you get into all the symbolism and then you go back and watch movies again and you're like, oh, okay, like I get it now. And it's beautiful, a beautiful mosaic that is life. Okay, uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, do you, uh, now that you've seen Lucy and Scarlett Johansson is in there, uh, you know, controlling everything with her mind because she has the chip or, or whatever, 
you know, he just mentioned it on the video, you know, do you want it? What if, you know, pop stars and rappers and everybody started, uh, you know, singing and performing, talking about uh, melding with AI, melding with computers? I bet tons of people would be into it. If, you know, I don't know who pop star is. Um, I really don't know. Um, hmm. <laughs> I really don't know. Harry Styles? I really don't know. Like, if... I can't say Britney Spears. If Britney Spears did it, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm in. <laughs> See, everybody has their language. And you just have to crack their codes. Okay. So what I'm saying is, is if a popular person on TV, movies, pop star, especially a uh, rapper, uh, you know, Ariana Grande's, these types, um, they promote something, people are just going to boom. You know, if Ariana Grande got a freaking um, watch, like, in implanted in her forehead, I can't even tell you how many people will go get that shit. So it's just something to, like, think about or not think about. You know, I'm just putting it out there so I can stop thinking about it and you guys can think about it. Okay. See how that works. All right. Let's move on. Okay. We knew that Elon Musk was probably going to make this, right? He was shown earlier in part one with the doing the symbol hand when he was doing the opening for Saturday Night Live. It was funny because I saw that and then I went on the internet and other people saw it. And then this person came up to me at work. Or no, they sent me something. See, that's the, whoa, I thought they came up to me, but really they just sent me something on Instagram. Mm, see, I thought I like had a moment with this person, but it wasn't. It was just on the computer. But was it a moment? I don't know. Anyways, um, he sent me this uh, video of Elon Musk going like this. And I was like, wait, I didn't even talk to him about this. Okay. And then I just, it was funny too, because he sent it to me right whenever I was, editing that specific part of part one with Elon Musk. And um, yeah, okay, I'm freaking out. All right, you guys are really going to love this. And this is, remember the five-star warning I told you. And some people, and I'm not talking, maybe this is great. Maybe I'm going to get a chip in my brain. Maybe Brit Brit would be like, I'm getting my chip, y'all, don't you? And I'd be like, oh my God, yeah. She'd be like, you can like hang out with me. <laughs> Man, maybe I'd be first in line virtually just like chill with Brit Brit. Mm, why not? It's like, I'm just sitting here anyways, like playing on my computer. Just something to think about. Okay, here we go. You guys are going to love this. Elon Musk. I don't trust this guy, but I don't hate him. And I think we're like not supposed to hate him. I think we're like supposed to trust him on some level, which is horrifying. And he's married to the pop star, right? Like, oh, he's cool. Oh, she's cool. It's like, I don't know. I don't trust that shit. But I don't trust my own mom. So, like, you know, that doesn't really mean anything. Okay, here we go. The Elon Musk portion. Very short. We're almost through this. Here's the deal. The rest of it is intense, but um, quick. Let's just do this. Here we go. This is uh, what we're about to see is Elon Musk talking about the implant that he is making for people's brains. I mean, I'm going to let him tell you what it is. Um, but it's funny because it looks like exactly like the thing that the people have on the matrix hopefully you guys have seen the film the matrix by now um it's really fucking confusing and i didn't understand it for i don't know years really my whole life <clears throat> i just like understood it like a few years ago 
But it, it is funny because it looks just like the thing on the Matrix. And it's like, um, okay. And I know if I go on the internet right now, there's a whole Reddit thing on how it looks just like the thing on the Matrix. Like, I'm not the only one that notices this stuff. And it's funny what other people notice. Like, one time I noticed something, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was like one thing on an award show. And it was so <laughs> obscure. And I tweeted something about it on Twitter. And then I, like, looked up something later and like one other person in the whole world on Twitter noticed the same thing. I just thought that was really interesting, like what people notice. Okay, here we go. Uh, Elon Musk. Here we go. Talking about the uh, brain implant that he has for us. Um, All right, let's go. This is sort of what it looks like. I mean, fr- frankly, to, to sort of simplify this, uh, what, what we're, <laughs> I mean, it's more complicated than this, but it's, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires. So, um, and it's, uh, yeah, so our, our current prototype, version 0.9, has about 1,000 channels. Uh, so that's about 100 times better than the, the next best um, uh, consumer device that's available. And it's a 23 millimeters by 8 millimeters. It actually uh, fits quite nicely in your skull because your, your skull is about 10 millimeters thick. So uh, it fits, it's, it goes flush with your skull, it's invisible, and all you can see afterwards is there's a tiny scar. And if it's under your hair, you can't see it at all. In fact, I could have a Neuralink right now and you wouldn't know. Maybe I do. Uh, and it, it's also got all, all the things that you would expect to see, the sensors you'd expect to see in a smartwatch uh, or a phone, like uh, notional measurement, temperature, pressure. Uh, so there's actually a lot of functions that this device could do uh, r- related to monitoring your health and warning you about a possible heart attack or stroke or other uh, damage, as well as uh, sort of convenience features like playing music. Um, you could do a lot. Um, it's sort of like if your phone went at your brain or something. Um, yeah, maybe that's not a great analogy. Um, anyway. It's sort of like your phone went at your brain or something. Do you want your phone to go at your brain or something? Without mentioning Bill Gates? I really don't know. Let me just say, though, number one, um, this has nothing to do with vaccines, and we're not going to talk vaccines at all. It has nothing to do with it. Uh, number two, I do feel that if your conspiracy does not have Bill Gates in it, it probably isn't true. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just say that. I'm not going to go any deeper and and what I say is not necessarily the truth. It could be, could be not. Okay, let's just move on. Um, but the Bill Gates thing that I'm about to talk about is strictly about Microsoft. Okay, Bill Gates was the founder and CEO of Microsoft. Uh, he stepped down during the coronavirus, and uh, he was getting some heat from, like, uh, Epstein. Remember all that stuff, the sex stuff and uh, sex trafficking and all that stuff, and coronavirus, he was just like, yo, it's a little too hot in this kitchen, I'm going to step down. For whatever reason, I don't know, I'm not accusing the guy of anything. Um, But okay, here's the deal. He was definitely caught up in the coronavirus conspiracy, um, and I'm not going to go into it. But the reason why I mention that is because that got me looking into Bill Gates. And you know, on this show, um, we look into, I would say, all conspiracies. I mean, I even looked into Flat Earth. I mean, I don't necessarily believe in Flat Earth, but I also know that maybe it is. <laughs> maybe we're in a dome. I mean, I don't know. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't believe 
every conspiracy theory, but I also understand, like, I don't understand. Like, I know what they want me to know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, the powers that be, whenever I say they. Like, that's all you know is what the powers that be want you to know. Like, that's it. That's, we, you know, accept the reality with which we're presented, just like the film Truman Show opens up, which is going to be my next project, probably four-parter episode, Truman Show um, film analysis and interpretation and comparing it with our reality. So I'm just saying, yeah, I just started looking into Bill Gates when uh, coronavirus happened and all this stuff. Okay, here's the next part. This is like hard for me to get through because it's just like so uh, divisive and so scary and just like, ugh. It's just draining. But, um, you know, Prince wanted us to do this. I, I'm, you know, doing what Prince Prince wanted us to do. So let me just say before we get into this next part, I have two favorite uh, artists of all time, <laughs> of all time in my whole life, out of musician, whatever, like, uh, these are my two favorite artists of all time. Uh, my first favorite artist is this guy named Bart Sebrel, and he's this, he's a journalist, but he's more of like a performance artist, and he's the guy, well, we're just going to watch him. Okay, so the clip that we're getting ready to see is Bart Sebrel my hero, who I love. It's like, who do I like more, Stanley Kubrick or Bart Sebrel? I honestly don't know. Axl Rose or Bart Sebrel? Mm, I really don't know. Fred Durst or Bart Sebrel? No, JK, on all those, actually. Okay. All right, let's take a look. Bart Sebrel, journalist. Uh, what he's doing, he doesn't believe that we went to the moon, we being um, NASA. Uh, he doesn't believe that we landed on the moon. He doesn't believe that Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and whoever walked on the moon or whatever. So his whole thing is he follows um, Buzz Aldrin around and with a camera, cameraman, microphone, everything. And he says, Buzz, if you swear on the, he goes, swear on the Bible you walked on the moon. He has like this southern accent. Buzz, swear on the Bible you walked on the moon. And he goes, Buzz, if you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon, I'll give $5,000 to any charity of your choice if you just swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon. Just swear. And Buzz goes, get, get away from me. Get him away from me. And he goes, but Buzz, if you walked on the moon, why wouldn't you give $5,000 to any charity? I don't understand. <laughs> get this guy away from me. And this is Bart Sebrel's whole thing. And he did a really cool, very interesting documentary on um, trying to disprove the moon landings. And whether you believe we went to the moon or not, like, again, did we? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of evidence saying we didn't. And there's evidence saying we did. So there you go. Pick your own reality. Um, but Bart Sebrel, the documentary that he made was really good. And if you're into NASA, the space program, if interest of, of any of that, um, I definitely recommend Bart Sebrel's documentary on the moon landing, possible moon landings. And his whole thing is just trying to disprove it. So let's just take a quick look. This is a very quick clip. This is my favorite artist. I could talk about him. I don't even know if he's still alive. I don't know where he is. Like, I don't know. But this guy, I mean, oh my God, I feel like I haven't smiled this big in like two months. All right, here we go. Bart Sebrel, 
uh, Buzz Aldrin, a uh, very classic clip. Okay, here we go. Why don't you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? Please. Why don't you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? You're the one who said you walked on the moon when you didn't. Calling the kettle black, if I ever thought of it. Saying Will I misrepresented myself. Get away from me. You're a coward and a liar and a thief. There is no reliable evidence showing how Prince obtained the counterfeit Vicodin laced with fentanyl or who else may have had a role in delivering the counterfeit Vicodin to Prince. Despite their extensive efforts, law enforcement was unable to determine the source of the counterfeit Vicodin laced with fentanyl. Therefore, without probable cause and no identified suspect, the Carver County Attorney's Office cannot file any criminal charges involving the death of Prince. Nobody knows nothing. Isn't it weird how just nobody never knows nothing? Oh, y'all. Welcome to part five. The conclusion of the analysis and interpretation of Prince's Matrix speech. I feel like this episode has been going on forever. You know why? Because it has been in this episode. And yes, I do feel that we cracked the code of what Prince was trying to tell us in his speech. I do feel that we understand his warning. Do we? I don't know. We'll never know. Okay, here we go. Let's just jump in, right? Okay. I mentioned in the last episode that I had two favorite artists. The first favorite artist was Bart Strebel, journalist, producer, filmmaker. He's the guy who's obsessed with proving the moon landings were a hoax. Uh, he feels that they were a hoax, and he feels that he has proof. And actually, it's really interesting. Um, spoiler alert. Let me just quickly say, here's Bart Strebel's claim to fame besides being punched by Buzz Aldrin. In the best clip ever, so much that I made that audio my ringtone one time. Um, so when people would call me, um, it would be Bart saying, "Why don't you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon?" Uh, oh man, Why I don't think you swear on the Bible that, that you walked again. on the moon. Okay, so here's very quickly. I, I don't have this written, but you guys, I have to tell you. So the guy, the performance artist and movie maker that I love, Bart Sebrel. So he just tries to get buzz to swear on the bible he walked on the moon and he'll give him four thousand dollars to any charity he wants and buzz is like get away get away and bart is like well, i don't understand if you walked on the moon why wouldn't you swear on the bible to give four thousand dollars to any charity of your choice i don't understand why you wouldn't do that unless you didn't walk on the moon and <laughs> i think so too is <laughs> i mean uh the thing is is that he didn't just confront him once He's confronted him for years, and I don't know. Did we land on the moon? I don't know. It's just something to think about. P.S. The name of his docs are uh, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, which is the one, this is his claim to fame. Basically, what it was is the astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and the other guy, whatever. I'm not even going to look it up. I don't care. 
they're in the window uh, filming the Earth, and they're like, look how, look at the Earth, like, look how far away we are, oh my God, and it's over NASA, and it's all technical words, like saying, oh, however many fucking miles or whatever, and uh, they go, oh yeah, that looks good, we can see it, and uh, so they shoot the video to send back to Earth or whatever, and what they do, drum roll please, because this is, I think this is significant. The astronauts then pull a piece of cardboard out of the lunar module. I don't fucking know. Pull a piece of cardboard, and the cardboard has a circular hole cut in it. And then the Earth is actually really huge in the window. So what they did, the astronauts, and this is on, somebody from NASA gave BART these files. Okay? And it's really them talking, and it's really in the limb or whatever. Um, So that's his claim to fame is... uh, I mean, clearly they pull that shit off the window and the Earth is huge. So they're like not far away from Earth is what I'm saying. And supposedly two two days later they landed on the moon. And so Bart like presents them with all this information and the astronauts freak out. So there you go. Okay, let's move on. Let's keep focus. What did Prince want us to know? Let's keep going. Okay, last week we also mentioned Bill Gates' name. We're not going into coronavirus. We're not going into vaccines and nothing like that. This is strictly Microsoft. Okay, uh, during the coronavirus lockdowns, Bill Gates stepped down as CEO of Microsoft um, after the coronavirus. And the reason why I'm mentioning the lockdowns is because everybody was at home. Okay, we're isolated, right? So remember, like, uh, I don't know if you were isolated or not. Okay, so basically we're like stuck at home. I'll say that. And also during the lockdowns, like all the stuff was coming out about him because people were, you know, looking up stuff about him. Some of the stuff's real, some of the stuff's fake. Like, we don't know, right? But basically, they it got too hot in the kitchen for him, and he stepped down as Microsoft CEO, and he was like, I'm out of here. But here's the, here's the straw that broke the camel's back. And I'm not, like, blaming Bill Gates for anything or whatever. I'm just saying, like, there was a lot of heat on him. And, and no matter what you believe – you know, he is or he does or whatever. The truth is, is that there was a lot of heat on him. And then this dropped. And this is, I know, this is the straw that broke the camel's back because I just saw it. I watched it all happen, and so did tons of people on the Internet. So here we go. This is a conspiracy theorist fantasy when this happened. Okay, so the reason why I brought up Bart Sebrel is because I have two favorite artists, blah, blah, blah. I've been saying that. And I want you to know because she honestly is my favorite artist, um, this person. Uh, Bart, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's, a hard, um, it's a hard competition. Okay, so let's keep it moving. We're just going to keep it going. My second favorite artist of all time. I, here's the, I just want you guys to know that, like, I love her. I'm not talking bad about her. Like, I've followed her for a long time. Drum roll, please. Marina Abramovic, the performance artist. Marina Abramovic is a Serbian conceptual and performance artist, philanthropist, writer, filmmaker. Her work explores body art, endurance art, and feminist art, the relationship between the performer and audience, the limits of the body, and the possibilities of the mind. For decades, Abramovic refers to herself as the grandmother of performance art. That's totally true. People, like, thought performance art was a total joke before she hit the scene. And it might have been. I don't know. I mean, I don't see how any art could be a joke, but I, she probably gave it, like, street cred or something. 
Okay, so quickly, I just want to show you guys just very quick things on Marina uh, that you will enjoy. I feel. Just two little things. So basically, she is a performance artist, and for, I believe it was like seven years of her life, uh, her and this guy, they fell in love, and all they did was live in a van together for seven years with their dog, and they would do performance art. And it was the most extreme performance art you could really imagine. I mean, I would say. And it was beautiful because it was tied in with their love for each other. And this first thing I want to show you guys, um, and actually they uh, ended up breaking up, you know, after the seven years. And the way they broke up was one started at one side of the Great Wall of China and the other one started at the other side. And when they met in the middle, um, they parted ways. So here we go. Let's take a look. Okay, that piece we just saw was them having to stay completely in sync with each other, basically, in order to not kill Marina. Uh, they balance themselves in such a way that if they lost concentration or lost the connection with each other, it would kill Marina. Let's just see that one more time. I love this piece. And they would stay in that pose for like 10 hours. You know, something like <laughs> that you could never imagine. Okay, here's, an, here's one more thing on Marina. Okay, so this clip of Marina that we're about to watch is her talking about, I'd say this is the performance art piece that got her into mainstream. Everybody knew Marina after this. It's called Rhythm Zero. And uh, I'll just let her tell you about it. Some of the work what really got lots of attention from the public was uh, Rhythm Zero said, okay, I'm going to make the piece to see how far public can go if the artist himself doesn't do anything. And there, very simply, um, I uh, put on the table 72 objects with the instructions, I'm an object, you can do whatever you want to do with me, and uh, I will take all responsibility for six hours. On the table was a rose, perfume, piece of bread, and grapes, and wine, and... And then was objects like uh, really scissors and nails and uh, metal bar and uh, finally was also pistol with one bullet. So basically if audience wanted to put a bullet into pistol can kill me. And I really want to take this risk. I want to know what is the public about and how, how, what they're going to do in this kind of situation. It was a really difficult piece because I just stood there in the front of the table and in the beginning, nothing really happened. Public would come, they would play with me, they would give me rolls, they would kiss me, look at me. And then public became more and more wild. They cut uh, my neck and drink my blood. They carry me around, put me on the table, open my legs and put a knife between. The one person took the pistol, put the bullet and see if I would really with my own hand push the target. The galleries came and completely go crazy, take this gun out of his hand, throw out of the window. They took scissors, they cut my clothes, they put rose pins into my body. 
After six hours, which was like a two in the morning, the galleries come and say the performance is over. I uh, start moving. I start being myself because I was there like a puppet just for them. And that moment, everybody ran away. People could not actually uh, confront with, my, with me as, as a person. I remember going back to hotel, looking in the mirror, and I found a big piece of white hair. I like how during that interview she said how the people reacted after she, you know, just snapped out of character and uh, started putting her clothes on, acting like a normal person. She said that everybody ran away. I heard a deeper interview with her about that piece. And the whole reason why she did it is she wanted to see how far people would go and then how they would act after. So it's like even her packing up her gear was part of the piece. It's just so beautiful. Okay, I think I might wrap up this episode soon. Okay, very quick rabbit hole. This is interesting, and I do believe that this is what Prince was warning us about. I'm going to drop a little something, and then I'm going to close out the episode. It's all I can do. So here we go. Boom. Was this what Prince was warning us about? So I feel like the Golden Girls. Picture this. Picture this. All right, get into that uh, conspiracy state of mind, okay? Conspirator. Picture this. Lockdown of coronavirus. Nobody has their vaccines yet because that shit doesn't even exist. No, you can't do nothing. Tons of conspiracy theorists out there. Tons of names flying around. Many of these conspiracy theories cannot coexist together. Some of them can. I'm just saying some of them are true, right? Some of them aren't. I'm just trying to get you back in that frame of mind to understand the gravity of this dropping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if this is what Prince was saying, but I do and many other people do too. So here we go. Picture this, coronavirus lockdowns. Everybody's talking about Bill Gates this, Bill Gates that. Microsoft drops this. People are saying, you know, it's the mark of the beast and we're going into this and the computers and transhumanism and, you know, all this shit is flying around during the lockdowns. It was crazy. And y'all may not remember, but I was plugged into the conspiracy, like, vein, the mainstream vein, the internet vein. Like, I like to tap all sources so I can get, like, a clearer picture rather than just, like, one source. You know what I mean? And they're all probably wrong. But I'm just saying, I'm about to show you all a commercial. And when this dropped, this, like, everybody was like, this is happening. This is what Prince is saying. This is the matrix. This is the warning in the matrix. Transhumanism, the melding of computers with humans, the Apple Watch. That's the beginning, right? Or not the beginning. God, the beginning was... A long time ago. But it's just another step. Pretty soon people will probably get the Apple Watch imprinted in their arm or implanted in their arm. Then it goes in their brain like we saw in an earlier episode, Elon Musk. And is that a bad thing? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you guys need choices. <laughs> you know? Is this shit happening? Yeah. So here we go. Picture this. Coronavirus. Bill Gates. All that shit was going down. Marina Abramovic getting pulled into these satanic conspiracy theories. Here we go. 
I believe that art of the future is art without objects. This is just pure transmission of energy between the viewer and the artist. To me, mixed reality is this answer. Here, you actually can have the artist's presence in your collection. The first thing that we had to figure out was you had to feel that you were in the room with Marina, not a document of Marina. So HoloLens 2 was created by people who quite clearly have an interest in the audience forgetting that they are using technology. I really want viewers to be with me in the space in here and now. Really like you're facing your own ghost. There is always this great idea of immortality. Once you die, the work will never die because the work of art can continue. In performance, the piece is only in the memory of the audience and nowhere else. Here, I am kept forever. Okay, and living forever is the uh, goal of the transhumanist movement. All right, I really must go. Uh, what do I have to say? Oh, actually, I do have to say something. Every time you see a TikTok video, it releases serotonin in your brain. And then you become addicted to it. So basically, being on TikTok is like being on a morphine drip. We can help. We can join with. Together, we can explore the moon and develop the moon. We should go boldly where man has not gone before. Fly by the comets, visit asteroids, visit the moon of Mars. There's a monolith there, a very unusual structure on this little potato-shaped object that, that goes around Mars once in seven hours. When people find out about that, they're going to say, who put that there? Who put that there? Well, uh, the universe put it there. If you choose, God put it there. Is Maybe and that was Buzz Aldrin telling us that a non-human entity put something, a monolith, an alien structure, on the moon of Mars. What does that clip have to do with Prince's speech? Nothing and everything. It is all tied together to make a beautiful mosaic picture that is our reality. Based off of this speech, what is Prince saying? One thing I wanted to say is um, yeah. don't, don't be fooled by the internet. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool to get on the computer, but don't let the computer get on you. It's cool. It's cool to use the computer. Don't let the computer use you. You all saw the Matrix. There is a war going on, the battlefields in the mind. And the prize is the soul. So, let's be careful. Thank you. Okay, let's jump right in. Last episode, very quickly, we ended on the Microsoft commercial that almost broke the conspiracy world on the internet. Even me, knowing all the conspiracies for the elite's master plan for us, people listening, I'm using air quotes because these are just rumors and theories we are discussing. So in the midst of the coronavirus breakdowns, 
we all went pretty hard on social media due to the isolation, lockdown, right? Stuck at home, maybe even getting addicted to social media. Uh, I heard that in bars. How was your lockdown? Well, you know, I got on the TikTok or whatever. Memes and internet flooded with TikTok celebs, social media. Microsoft dropped this new virtual reality thing promoted by a celebrity, Marina Abramovic, my favorite artist, right? I'm not talking bad about Marina, y'all. And I don't care if Satan conspiracies or whatever. I don't give a shit. If somebody's a Satanist, I don't care. If somebody's a Christian, I don't care. I just want to have a nice life. And if you know me, you know that. So judging people for their religion or judging people for whatever the fuck they do, this ain't the place, y'all. Okay, this ain't the place. I'm just saying that she got harassed so hardcore, she has to have security outside of her house, and she's horrified. She gets harassed, and um, yeah, because of the conspiracies surrounding her. So hopefully you saw last part episode where I went on and on and on and on about my love for Marina Abramovic. I know that I would never talk bad about her or anything like that. So in the midst of the lockdowns, Marina Abramovic, performance artist, tied in with a lot of conspiracy theories, unites with Bill Gates, Microsoft founder, who is tied in just as many conspiracy theories as her, definitely. <laughs> they join together and then make this commercial about virtual reality and transhumanism, which is the melding of computers and humans in order to control and essentially take away humanity, our humanity, as countless films say, including The Matrix. So when these two got together, especially in the midst of the lockdown, the internet blew up and everybody goes, this is it. This is what people have been talking about since the 80s. But in the 80s, it was so unbelievable. Like, oh yeah, we're going to Mailed with computers. Oh, yeah. You know, people are watching, like, The Price is Right and smoking cools. You know what I mean? Like, nobody fucking gave a shit about anything. And none, nothing like this even seemed possible. So, Conspiracy theorists in countless films have been saying since the 80s that the elite, right, the ones in power. Who's that? I don't know. That the elite, the ones in power, the ones setting and controlling our reality, their ultimate goal is to meld with computers so that they can live forever and have fun and, like, do their thing. But to us, like the normal, like plain people that are just here to serve them, we might end up on Mars with like our heads in a jar hooked up to Instagram or something. Living in a computer-generated reality, very much like we saw in the Black Mirror episode, 15 Million Merits. Um, definitely, I would say um, Black Mirror has a lot of predictive programming in it, which we'll talk about in a second setting ideas for future realities and you're like oh that's the guy from 15 million merits had that it's like yeah do you really want it or do you just want it because they have it influencers right celebrities you know it starts at the cell phone then it goes to the apple watch then it goes to the Neuralink. then we're at the 15 million merits and then all of a sudden there's no one trying to take our humanity our sex our human to human contact all to move our consciousness onto a computer. I know people who live on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, those places are already their reality. And if they could just stay there and not have to like worry about other stuff, they would be absolutely happy. They wouldn't even want human interaction because it's uncomfortable and people don't want to feel comfortable and they don't want to grow and they don't want to expand and they just want to be on the internet and watch TV or something. I don't know. 
But that's where we're going. That's where we're fucking going. I see it every day. Every day. You know what I do whenever I spend time with someone? You know the first thing I do? I turn my phone off, or I turn my ringer off, and I put my phone away. Even if I'm with my mom. I want whoever I'm with to feel like they're the only person in the world. And also, me putting my phone away, not only is it like respect to them and making them, like doing something really cool. Like, that's cool. If somebody turned their ringer off when they were around, all right, I'm going to put my phone away and we're together. Oh, my God. It's like the most honorable thing you can do. So uh, whenever I have people over or I go to dinner with my mom, make it a point. I turn off the ringer and I put my phone away. That's how I win. Do you know what I mean? And that may not be right for you. Maybe, you know, you want to be on the phone and the computer and whatever because that's how you feel comfortable connecting. And that's cool. And I'm not talking bad about that. I'm just saying that us becoming becoming Instagram, us becoming TikTok, us becoming, you know, whatever, um, living in five different realities at once. You know, I'll be, I, I can be with dinner with someone and they're talking to five people on their phone, having different conversations. And like, I'm like, what, what's happening? Why would you rather, wh- why are you here with me when you would rather be with any other body? You know what I mean? <laughs> any other place. Um, and that's what they want. They, I don't know. Who's that? They just, They don't want us to love. They want us to be separate. And that's the bottom line, I feel. So something really revolutionary and powerful you can do is when you spend time with someone. I'm not talking about someone that you want to have sex with or just respect people that you want to have sex with. Like I'm talking about when you go with your parents, like with your friends, turn the ring off and put the phone away. How respected would that make you feel if someone did that for you? I don't know. No one's ever done it for me. I do it. We'll see. Who's going to turn their phone off when we go out to dinner? I don't know. I've been looking. If your favorite pop star or rapper got Elon Musk's Neuralink, would you? I have exposure to the very very most cutting edge um, AI. Um, uh, And I think people should be really concerned about it. Um, I keep sounding the alarm bell, but, you know, until... People see like robots going down the street killing people like they don't know how to react, you know, because it seems so ethereal. Okay, let's move on to the next section and then we're out. Then we're finally done with Prince's Matrix speech. So done. Okay, here are some of the top films on transhumanism, but not all by far. Not all at all. Very quickly, before we go down this list, you regular listeners know what predictive programming is. The predictive programming theory proposes that public media, that's film, TV, magazines, books, right, everything, uh, memes, how much psychological influences do memes have on you? Tons. Tons. You don't even know it. So the predictive programming theory proposes that public media are deliberately seeded with subtle clues to future social, political, or technological changes. According to the theory, when the relevant change is later introduced to the world, the public has become used to the idea through exposure and therefore passively accepts it rather than offering resistance or opposition. Predictive programming is therefore thought to be a means of propaganda. Okay, y'all know that word. Maybe y'all don't really know what that means. Propaganda is information especially of biased or misleading nature, right? It swings to 
one side. We always see it during political times, right? It's Isn't it so funny that during election time, how all this crazy stuff just happens to happen? Start paying attention to that. So propaganda is information, especially of biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view, right? Picture or headline that makes you feel emotion. You go, oh, no, and you just get all upset. <laughs> and it's just something that is, you know, maybe not even real, and it's just made to piss you off and to control you. Predictive programming is therefore thought to be a means of propaganda or mass psychological conditioning that operates on a subliminal or just implied level without actually being direct. Okay, here's an example. Here's two examples. To give an example, the film The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, depicts a totalitarian government ruling over the shattered remnants of the United States. Predictive programming theory would predict that if such a government were to arise, people would be less likely to resist it and more likely to accept it based on their exposure to the film and fiction, right? Influencers are doing it, and, well, it's in Hollywood, and, well, it seems like the next indicated step because, you know, I've seen it in The Hunger Games. People think that way, and it's horrifying. And it scares me so fucking bad that I started a show. <laughs> okay. What am I saying? I don't know. The fact that the government is portrayed as a villain to be resisted is said to be irrelevant. So arguments are saying, well, um, the government is considered e evil in that movie. Why would we go along with it? It's like it doesn't matter. The idea is set. The seed is planted. Under predictive programming theory, mere exposure to a concept induces the reluctant acceptance of something without protest to it because we're familiar with it. People we admire and think we're cool, a.k.a. actors, musicians, right, whoever, influencers. How does music influence you? What choices do you make because of pop culture, and how do those choices affect your life? I don't know. They affect mine every day. No one's more obsessed with Hollywood than me. I mean, I'm sure there are, but I mean, I freaking packed my shit and I wanted to uh, take a peek beyond the veil and I went to L.A. I wanted to see what was up. <laughs> and here it all is, I guess. I don't know. One other quick example of predictive programming. Do you believe in the possibility of aliens? Why? You ever ask yourself Why? You more than likely believe in the possibility of aliens due to predictive programming in movies, books, and the possible UFOs in the background of several classic religious paintings. Look them up. Without Hollywood and pop culture, you wouldn't even consider the idea of aliens. You would be 100% horrified by them rather than 50%. Right? Just throwing that out there, something to think about. Okay. So here we go. Let's just run through a very quick list of movies that supposedly have predictive programming for transhumanism in them. Transhumanism being the melding of humans with computers in order to control us and they can just have the whole world and us ants can like virtually exist and they can have the planet. Okay, Avatar. Avatar introduces compelling ideas about simulated reality to the audience. Even if its approach to them is rather juvenile, but it's a kid's movie, 
And sometimes it's easier to swallow things that are playful and innocent. You know, here comes the plane. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Gattaca from 1997. Good film. Starring Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. They met on the set of Gattaca and they got married and they had two kids and they divorced in 2003. Too bad, so sad. Gattaca deals with the impacts of transhumanistic technologies on our society and culture in a mostly believable and accessible way. And because it raised important issues, perhaps for the first time for a lot of viewers, it seems worthy of making the list. Terminator, James Cameron. For many people, this was the first time they'd been asked to think about the challenge of cyborgs becoming stronger and smarter than humans and actually raging war against them. The Matrix, of course, what Prince warned us about. We feel that we know what The Matrix is about now, right? This. Vanilla Sky. Mm, such, I, you know, it's so cool. I had seen Vanilla Sky a hundred times. It's probably my second, first, I don't know, favorite movie. And I had never, like, made the transhumanistic connection, even though the whole thing is about transhumanism. And the last time I saw it, it blew my mind because I made the connection that from the very first second of Vanilla Sky, it's about transhumanism, the melding of computers and human bodies. He wakes up to an alarm clock, an electronic alarm clock with a human voice. Wake up, wake up, whatever, right? So that's human voice inside an alarm clock. Then he gets up and then he pats his TV, Tom Cruise, right? So he's showing love to electronics. Then he walks right into the bathroom, looks in the mirror and pulls out a gray hair, gives himself a look like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to age, right? Because transhumanist agenda is about not aging. So So if you view Vanilla Sky as a transhumanistic art piece, you fucking get it. Okay? Lucy. Starring Scarlett Johansson, right? Look for her in Ghost in a Shell. That movie also is very much about transhumanism. If you are a household name, you are owned by someone. There's a lot of different someones out there. Who? I don't know. But Scarlett is definitely on board, as we can see. Okay, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Also, it's an essential film for those who are interested in the question of neuroethics. Neuroethics. We may not be far away from having technologies that can enable the precise manipulation of memories and by extension of personality. What a treat when a wonderfully entertaining movie can also engage the viewer in a challenging exploration of transhumanistic ethics. So we are not far away from manipulating our memories. As seen in the film, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Wouldn't you love to take away that heartbreak? Would you if you could? Transcendence with Johnny Depp follows a group of scientists who race to finish an artificial intelligence project while being targeted by a radical anti-technology organization. That organization is probably a religious group. Anything here, Here's how, I mean, I can't speak like for Christians. I'm not a Christian and I don't know, but here's how it's been explained to me um, by this hardcore Christian guide. He told me that anything that isn't of the Bible is satanic. (laughs) Like, even if it's not of, like, Satanism, which is a religion that people practice, and it doesn't fucking matter, because who cares? Leave them alone. Mind your own damn business. So, basically, 
the mark of the beast and the devil and Satan and all the shit. That's what people refer to anything that is not of the Bible. A lot of Christian people. And again, I'm not speaking for Christian. I'm just, I'm not speaking for all Christian people because I'm not Christian. And I don't know. I'm just saying that like, you know, the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, you know, it's always these religious organizations in the films. And that represents, you know, Marka and the Bible and, you know, anything that is not of the Bible is Satan and evil. And so that's why these people and a lot of these things get demonized. Okay, her with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Oh, my God. She must be on the transhumanistic roster. Her, uh, yeah, I started watching it. It was so boring. I had to turn that shit off. And we already know what it's about. Uh, he became lovers, right, with a machine. Would you? You might. Theodore, a lonely writer. Oh, God. Where is this thing? I, I need this thing. Theodore, a lonely writer, purchases a newly developed operating system to meet the user's every need. To Theodore's surprise, a romantic relationship's developed between him and his operating system. Boom, there it is, y'all. Well, Joaquin Phoenix did it and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I could do that. And then boom, your humanity is gone and you are alone. And you're virtually working at Starbucks for eternity. Metropolis. This is the grandfather of all science fiction movies. Many pop stars, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, um, Beyonce. If you ever see them in a silver outfit, that's them giving homage to Metropolis. And uh, it's the homage to Metropolis, which is about transhumanism, which is pop culture, pop stars influence on society predictive programming you know what i mean it's just like all boom okay and the final best film about transhumanism boom 2001 a space odyssey you knew we would end up here didn't you where else but with a movie that not only is central to the concerns of transhumanists but also is among the top 10 or 20 movies ever made of any kind no film has ever depicted the troubled relationship between AI and human masters as much as 2001 A Space Odyssey. All I got to say is like the 30 seconds before the intermission is horrifying. 2001 is also about alien manipulation on human DNA, helping us to kickstart our humanness, right? from ape to man because of alien intervention, then how we screw it all up with AI. With all this talk of technology, theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking, whom I'm sure you know, uh, warned this week that technology could end up ending humanity at some point. Do you share that apocalyptic view of technology? Well, I think it's something that it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, I do think we have to worry about it. I don't think it's inherent that as we create uh, superintelligence that it will necessarily always uh, have the same goals in mind that we do. You know, humans don't always have the same goal as other humans. So who gets control of the technology? How is it uh, built in? I don't think there's a need to panic, but I think the dialogue along those levels, the, the people who say, that's, let's not worry at all, I, I don't agree with that. 
Police and security guards in Belgium were caught flat-footed today by a cowardly sneak attack on one of the world's wealthiest men. The target was Microsoft Chairman Bill Gates arriving for a meeting with community leaders. Watch what happens when a team of hitmen meet him first with a pie in the face. Gates was momentarily and understandably shaken, but he was not injured. The hit squad piled on with two more pies before one of them was wrestled to the ground and arrested the others for at least the moment and got away. Gates went inside, wiped his face clean, and made no comment. He then went ahead with his scheduled meeting. No word on the motive for this attack. Okay, let's wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I had no idea this was going to a six-part episode, and I don't know what my next episode is going to be. Um, okay, one last video. Many people believe that Prince was actually murdered. He was actually a pretty big conspiracy theorist and spoke out pretty openly about things. And I had no idea because I never looked into Prince's death. I just, you know, like everyone else, oh, you know, famous person, OD on drugs. You know, but you never think. Here's a couple of videos, though, that made me go, hmm, here's the deal. I started out this Matrix thing having no opinion on Prince's death. Now maybe I have an opinion on it. Okay, the first quick video that we're going to watch is record producer and music manager L.A. Reed. Okay, this guy was Justin Bieber's manager when Justin was a little kid. Many people believe that L.A. Reed is represented in Justin Bieber's Yummy video, where Justin might or might not have communicated that he was sexually abused while growing up in the industry. Okay. The one thing that, you know, kind of spooked me about it all what? was um, here's a song called uh, Let's Go Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it says, don't let the elevator bring us down. Uh, one time when I was with him privately, he yeah. said, you know what the elevator is, right? No. I said, no, what's the elevator? He said, well, the elevator is the devil, right? Oh. It scared me. You know, I don't like to talk like that. But he said that. And so for me, it was like really haunting when I read that he was found in an elevator. E.T. confirmed the iconic artist was found dead in an elevator on Thursday. L.A. Reid says he believed Prince to have been in good health. Unfortunately, there are certain stars who won't do what we want. What's their problem? <laughs> They're still alive. And then we thought, who's good at killing celebrities? Me! That's right! Homer, would you be willing to acquire some more, um, uh, accounts for us? Last thing I have to say about the conspiracy theories that people have been saying since the 80s is the ultimate beauty of it is that we'll walk right into it willingly. What does that mean to you? Best place to start is start viewing film, even cartoons and metaphors and allegories. Remember, with every TikTok video you watch, serotonin gets released. Therefore, you get high. Being on TikTok is exactly like being on a morphine drip. Take that shit off your phone. Put your phone down. Next time you hang out with someone, do something revolutionary and turn your ringer off and put your phone in your purse or in your pocket or leave it in your car. Can you imagine how revolutionary that would be to leave your phone in the car if you had dinner or drinks with someone? That's a move, y'all. I do it all the time. People probably, they probably don't even notice either. Just, but you'll never catch me on my phone when I'm hanging out with someone. 
because it's my protest. Do something revolutionary. Connect with someone. Okay, let's wrap it up. Also, for the AI thing, please watch our episode number 112, Black Mirror Rewind, Metalhead and Artificial Intelligence. Horrifying episode about AI. It's a must-see. Go to monoono.com, M-O-N-O-O-N-N-O.com now to watch that. Also, you can join fan club at monoono.com. Who knows what's going to happen this fall? We could have, you know, stream karaoke. We could stream band practices. We have no idea what's going to happen. But you don't want to get left behind. So join fan club now. All right, that's it. Thanks so much again for watching this six-part episode. Uh, you are family. Glad you're enjoying the show. And see you soon. Something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen.